Hello Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Alberti. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators. On today's show, we're going to talk some UF baseball with Jeff Cardozo, Florida's historic start to the season. And we'll also recap the Gators' 68-54 win over Georgia on Wednesday night. But let's start out with Jeff Cardozo and his thoughts on the baseball team. Here was my conversation with him this week. We now welcome in UF broadcaster and host of the tailgate. Jeff Cardozo discusses for the baseball team, the historic start to this season, and they've basically just been dominating in-state competition. Another two teams went down this week, and Jeff was in West Palm Beach near his old stomping grounds to watch history be made, and we'll have him on now to discuss it all. Jeff, welcome into Locked on Gators. How's it going, my friend? Zach, always great to talk to you. I don't know what's what's cooler, getting the uh, the record or, or being on Lockdown Podcast. Things uh, legit. A couple times in a few weeks, always fun. Absolutely, man. And, and baseball season is always fun, but this team in particular is really fun. Hot start to the season, and they went down to West Palm Beach earlier this week to get the first 12 and 0 start in school history. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty hard to believe when you think about it. 106 years of Florida baseball, and it's the first team to just win 12. It's a different team, and I think that's the neat part in being able to watch it because you you watched a bunch of freshmen last year really struggle on the mound and couldn't figure out how to get anybody out, and you're like, man, are these guys ever going to be able to do it? And now all of a sudden the, the bullpen is the strength of this team, and in about 60 innings they've got an earn run average about one and a half. So it's been really special to watch the development there. And then to be honest with you, you know, Zach, we, we talked about it on the, the old radio show all the time about being soft and being a competitor and all this stuff. And there were times when we walked into a stadium last year and, and I would look around and I almost felt like our guys were intimidated. It's like they were almost scared to be there. They, they just they, they, they shied away from it. And, and now all of a sudden you go down to Miami and you're talking smack to the other team. There's a little swag about them. And you know, it, it may be the impact of a couple of former Gators that are now as, as the volunteer assistants, a couple of guys that played in the big leagues. Like, they've brought back a, a little it factor to this team, and there's a fight, and, and you can see it. And, and just about every single game, I think the mindset is right. And, and to me, that was the biggest thing about going into that game against FAU on, on Tuesday trying to break the record. Can these guys get their mind right? Because, you know, they were out on the beach earlier in the day. Like, would they be able to then switch it over to say, okay, we're going to get this record for ourselves and for Sully and, and do something right? And, and they came out with a plan. They had a great approach at the plate to start things off. And obviously they played well enough to, to win yet again. You know Sully. He, he downplays things at times. And, and certainly when you're talking about streaks or wins in a row, I think he tries to take things, like most coaches, one game at a time. But that was not his approach to Tuesday's game. He actually told the team, hey, let's go set history, which is kind of not the norm for him. No, and it does. It means a lot. And it's been interesting to, you know, I know some guys from the, the 89 team that were a part of that uh, for 11-0. and You know, they, it's almost like they were disappointed because they felt like that was something that you could really, really be proud of. So I think that's where Sully's mindset was coming from. Listen, of all the teams that you talk about in Florida history, if that ever comes up again or somebody's on that streak, they're always going to mention the 2020 team. So it does mean a lot. And, and to say you're associated and a part of that, and I think Sully knows how hard it is because you play Miami early on in the season all the time, and it's really tough to, to sweep them. 
So I, I think he's proud of what these guys have done, but I also think he understands how good this team can be because there's been times where, especially after the Troy series, where he was disappointed with how they played and they didn't have their minds right. And, you know, yeah, they came back in a couple of those games and, and got the victories, but I think he's using this as teaching moments to say, listen, on any given day, you can go out and lose a game. So you have to be ready right from the start, be prepared. And that's where you saw both of these games this week. And, and he was certainly a different guy on Tuesday. Like you'd see him after the game, he was smiling. He was excited. I think he was really proud of the, the mindset of, of what the team was able to do, that they actually listened to him. And I think that gives him hope moving forward to prepare him for, for the rest of the way and saying, listen, I can get these guys ready. I can get them motivated. But, you know, they also have to go out and execute, and that's exactly what they were able to do. And you mentioned the, uh, the pitching that Florida's been getting, and that's your specialty. We know the starters have been doing some great things. But on Wednesday night, we were able to see – Nesbitt get his first career start, and Sprout go out there and hit 99 on the gun. I mean, they really do have a bullpen as the strength of their team. Yeah, I know you were a young guy back when I was pitching, but, you know, that's, that's probably what I looked like back in the day, Sprout throwing 99, pumping the gas, right? Yeah, but Twitter wasn't around to hype it up. No, so nobody nobody knew about it. No, it's, it's pretty special, and Sully knew coming in that Sprout was going to have an electric arm, and, and he even told me before the season started, he said, Jeff, all these great arms that I've ever had, Sprout has the potential to, to be the best we've ever had here at Florida. So, I, you know, I almost fainted knowing how many great arms have, have come through this program. So if he can figure out how to throw strikes, which he's doing, then he's going to be unhittable. And it's pretty special to watch. And, yeah, Nesbitt's the perfect freshman to come in. He works fast. He throws strikes. And when it was all said and done, the Gators, like 72% of the pitches they threw on Wednesday night were for strikes. And you're going to win a lot of games when you do that. It was awesome because there was only two hitters all night where it wasn't either strike one on the first pitch or the second pitch. Like there was only two 2-0 counts all night long. So those guys figured it out, and we knew going into that that the young guys would have to step up. So it was a couple of freshmen that did that. And then now the, I talked about the, those freshmen that were freshmen last year, now sophomores, but Nick Pogue and um, you know certainly what we're seeing at the end of the games now with, with some of these guys, it's, it's pretty special to watch, and there's been such a drastic jump from that freshman to sophomore year. It gives everybody, including that, that team and the fans, a lot of hope that these guys have a chance to win a lot of baseball games because how deep that bullpen is. And the Gators had 15 strikeouts on Wednesday night. That's the most they've had since they struck out 15 Texas batters in the 2018 College World Series. So pretty special stuff from those guys on Wednesday. do want to ask you before we let you go, Jeff, about what we've been getting on the offensive end from this baseball team, Jacob Young, just really killing it to start the season. He kept it going on Wednesday night with his hit streak. And then Jordan Butler and uh, Nathan at their first homers of the season. It's pretty crazy because Jacob Young's a guy that hit like 280 in high school. And he went to a pretty decent high school, so they played good competition. And now all of a sudden he's hitting 450 in college against the best conference in the country. So you got to give him a lot of credit, the coaching staff a lot of credit for – for really getting him to, to be better at this level and be successful and teach him the things that he needs to do to be successful. And the guy hustles. I, I think just you have to, as a Florida fan, as a broadcaster, sit back and admire all the things that he's able to do. He plays the game the right way, and he's getting rewarded for it. So it's been really special to watch. Jordan Butler's, of course, a great story because he came here as a two-way guy, but mainly a pitcher. They thought they were going to use him a majority of pitch, and now all of a sudden he's, he's hitting cleanup and, and dropping bombs left and right. And then 
Nathan Hickey, like you mentioned, too, he, he gets the home run on Wednesday night, his first. But he had 14 homers as a senior in high school. This is a guy that almost had an opportunity to hit cleanup when, when the season started. That's how good he was in the fall as a freshman. And then Sully finally decided, I can't put a freshman in the, in the cleanup spot. We'll let him get his feet wet and kind of work his way up and into the lineup. But he's a guy that really for three years can be a, a, a middle-of-the-order type of guy and uh, I, I think there's a, a lot of really good things happening. This, this lineup from one one through nine is a really tough out, and it's uh, it's really lengthened, and it's going to be very difficult for teams to uh, just maintain consistency in getting out throughout the lineup because even if you get the first six guys out, well, the bottom three hitters can hit, and then you turn the lineup around, and then you're seeing a guy the second time. So it's very deep, and, and they're obviously playing really well right now. When we come back from this first break, we'll bring you some comments from Florida coach Kevin O'Sullivan and a couple of his players. You're listening to Locked On Gators, your team every day. Welcome back into the show. The Florida baseball team kept it rolling on Wednesday night with a 5-0 win over Florida A&M. That moves them to 13-0 on the season, which is the best start in school history. And the Gators had a really successful night on the mound. Tyler Nesbitt looked good in his first career start. And the Gators got some really good pitching from Brendan Sprout in relief. Jacob Young extended his hitting streak to 14 games. And Jordan Butler and Nathan Hickey both hit their first home runs of the season to lead the Gators to the shutout win over the Rattlers. Here was the comments from Florida coach Kevin O'Sullivan after the game about his team's start to the season, the undefeated record, and how they played Wednesday against FAMU. I thought their starters did a real nice job. He threw a bunch of right and right change-ups and, you know, pitched behind an account. I mean, pitched backwards and fastball counts the entire night. And I thought he did a really nice job. Obviously, Jordan's been swinging the bat really well for us. Looks like he'll probably get a chance to be in the lineup a little bit more. And obviously, Nathan, he, yeah. he's always been able to hit. He's, at, he's just starting to see the ball a little bit better, get a little bit more comfortable. And But getting back at, you know, 3 or 4 in the morning last night, I thought the whole game started on the mound with Nesbitt. He was really good. The tempo was outstanding. His fastball command was really good. And I thought all of our pitchers did a really nice job, to be honest with you. He said he didn't know that he was starting until like five minutes before stretch. Is that maybe by design? Uh, a little bit, you know. But, I, you know, we were still going back and forth where we, you know, start him or – or, or, or Sprout, and then I just, you know, I knew both were going to pitch. I just thought that, you know, you know, give Tyler another chance to go out on out the mound, but I can't be more pleased with the way Brandon Sprout's starting to come yeah. on. I mean, he's starting to really figure some things out. I think his tempo has been really good. Delivery looks like it's, in, you know, it's in sync, and, you know, if, 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 if he can figure this thing out and he can help us in some in some more leverage situations, you know, I, I think he probably changes a lot in our staff, to be honest with you. Yeah, ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see that on the game. But it's 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 really the command of it. You know, obviously it's it's a novelty to be able to have a an arm like that. But to be able to command the ball like he's been and be able to you know throw a slider for a strike, Mm -hmm. throw a change for a strike. I mean, it's just you know for us it'll be you know obviously a game changer. Jordan said that you guys treated last night like another game, but you guys wanted to win last night. That you wanted to set the record. How do you feel like you know being able to accomplish that? I I think you know anytime you can set a record, I I don't care. It's like it's like. it's like Jacob Young having, you know, seven consecutive games yeah. with multi, multi-hits. multi And we were thinking about taking him out, you know, there at his last at-bat. And we're like, you know what? This may never never happen again in his career. And, you know, it, you know, there's something to play for. I, you know, to to think it's not, you know, you know, to, to, to be able to do that. I mean, you know, obviously early in the year, you know, it's hard to go 12-0 because you got to play Miami every year. And you got to play some really quality in-state teams. So it's not easy to do. So, yeah, I thought last night was a big win for us. And anytime, like I said, you could – kind of set a new standard, I think is a big deal. 
Florida junior Jordan Butler met with the media after the game after he had a pair of hits against FAMU, including his first homer of the season. He also had a two-out RBI double down the right field line, and he's really been swinging the ball well as of late. His two-run homer in the fifth inning put it out of reach for the Rattlers, and here's what he had to say about his performance after the game. Um, it was just another game. We didn't press at all about breaking a record or whatnot. We just wanted to win the game, and we played well when we did so, so that was it. How did it feel to come in here tonight and know that you guys had had that accomplished and kind of over with? I mean, it's just we didn't really think about it that much. We just This was also another game, so we're sure. just going to go out there and compete every single day and try to win games. Yeah. Got two hits tonight, your first homer of the season. Mm-hmm. How did it feel to connect like that in the, in the fifth? It felt great. I've been waiting, like, what, 13 games now to hit one. So, I mean, it's good to get the first one out of the way. Hopefully some more come. It seems like you guys are like a really close group. Yeah, this team is awesome. I mean, all the freshmen are awesome. I just saw tonight, like Nesbitt and Spro and all them, they're awesome. They're good kids. And I think this group is just so tight and just so laid back that, like, nothing bothers us and we're just going to keep rolling. Where's your confidence level at as a team? I mean, I don't want to say it's too high right now because SEC play can humble you really quick. So, I mean, I think we're at a good point right now where we can go and compete in SEC right now. I saw a lot of the freshman arms tonight. Is that kind of what we can expect from, from Tyler when he starts? Yeah, I think so. Every time. I mean, he's going to go out there and give his all and compete. And he did that tonight, and he did an awesome job. What was the reaction like in the dugout when you came back after hitting that homework? Uh, just all the boys hugging you, uh, smiles on the face. It was awesome. We also heard from freshman pitcher Tyler Nesbitt after the game. He made his first career start, but actually didn't find out that he was going to get the nod until five minutes before the team's pregame stretch. But he wasn't rattled. He said the older players got him prepared to go out there on the mound. And he did really well in his first time in a starting role. He said it's been his lifelong dream to be a Gators pitcher and start in McKeithen Stadium. So he made it a reality on Wednesday night. And here's what he had to say after pitching four scoreless innings and striking out eight batters. First career start, man. How did it feel to be out there on the mound? Uh, I was a little nervous at first, but because it's always been my dream to start here at McKeithen Stadium. So it was... It was a surreal moment. When did you find out you are getting the start? Uh, about five minutes before stretch. <laughs> what was your reaction? I was kind of shocked because I heard someone else was starting, Brandon Spro. I heard he was starting all morning, and then they Lars came with me and told me I was starting. So it kind of took me by surprise, but I was happy. How do you feel like you adjusted within that quick turnaround of just getting you mentally ready for the start? Um, the older guys helped me a lot. You know, they told me what I was supposed to do, like, before the game. Like, they kind of told me, like, just relax, like, go sit in the training room. Like, yeah. don't, don't stand around. Just, like, take it easy. It's your game. Sure. Do what you got to do. How do you feel like you did out there? Uh, I felt like I did pretty good. I mean, my defense helped me out a lot, a okay. couple plays, you know. And Hickey did a really good job behind the plate, blocking up some two-strike balls. And sure. Just all around, we played really good tonight. You sure got eight and four innings. That's not a lot of defense. Yeah. Uh, that's, it, a, that's a lot of you. It's a lot. Uh, I mean, I still needed their help. Without mm-hmm. them, I wouldn't have been able to do what I did. How long is this? When's this dream start? How long has it been? You've oh, been I've envisioning been a, this. I've been a Gator fan since day one. Ever since I was like four years old, I've been a diehard Gator fan. Awesome. And when so, you, when did you commit? I committed late my senior year. Okay. Actually. Why'd you wait? Uh, I was committed to Florida Gulf Coast for my sophomore to senior year, and then I decommitted, committed sure. to Florida. And then, so let's say anything to you about your performance, how, how you did out there. Uh, he said I did good. I set the tone early and yeah. set the tone for the rest of the pitchers to come in after me. When we come back from this last break, we'll recap Florida's win over Georgia. You're listening to Locked on Gators, your team every day. Welcome back into the show. The Florida basketball team 
got it done on the road Wednesday night against their rival, winning 68 to 54 over the Georgia Bulldogs. They moved to 19 and 11 on the season, 11 and 6 in SEC play, and another game where the Gators rally from a deficit. They trailed by 13 points early, 19 to 6, just four minutes into the game. Georgia hit its first seven field goals, made four three pointers. But from that point on, the Gators dominated. They outscored the Bulldogs 62-35 to over the final 36 minutes of the game. And it was Florida's second biggest comeback of the season. Obviously, the first coming against UGA in Gainesville when they came back from 22 points down. Here's what Mike White had to say after Wednesday night's game about the rally against Georgia and Florida's knack for being able to come back. No, no, it's not specific to Georgia as much as it is specific to us um, we're, we're a young team we're probably a little bit too emotional um, and we, we're a team that's that can be very streaky uh, we've we've lost a couple leads I think uh, I think I hate to advertise it again but just answering your question Mississippi State at home I think we had down 16 and just couldn't hold on and we've had uh, five or six of these where you're down I don't know that we were down that much tonight um, but um, Georgia at home, Alabama at home, and there's a couple others I think that were double digits, if I'm not mistaken. Um, just stay in the course. We've got our deficiencies as a team, but our, our guys are, are pretty resilient, and they just keep keep plugging. Um, I thought the biggest factor tonight by far and away was, was the way that we defended. I mean, this Georgia, I want to say over the last three, was averaging near 90 a game, if not 90. Um, they're so hard to defend. and. Um, We've had our defensive struggles at times this year, and that's as well as we've defended all year. Georgia's Anthony Edwards went off on the Gators in Gainesville for 32 points, but they did a much better job against him in Athens, held him to 14 points on 3 of 10 shooting, and UGA scored just 54 points, which is their lowest output of the season. Coming into this game, they were averaging 77 points a game and 90 over their last three contests, so a really impressive effort from Florida defensively. Here's what Mike White had to say about the way that they guarded Edwards and the success that they had running the zone. It, just a much better job, attention to detail on him collectively. Um, and that's what he demands. You know, you, you start talking about him a couple days ago. And uh, not only him, I thought Wheeler was really good in Gainesville. Hammonds is playing so well. Crump hits four threes last game, if I'm not mistaken, four six. It's senior night for him. Harris has always done damage against us. Um, you know, we, we spent a ton of time talking about these guys and how it, the, the numbers that they're producing lately, um, it was easy to get our guys' attention, you know, defensively. Um, and if not, it, they would have they put 90 on us. Uh, they got up to such a, a great start in Gainesville that um, our guys were pretty locked in. I, I thought we did a good job in transition defense, and again, that's a collective effort. Scotty was really good individually on him for the most part. Um, and then I thought our ball screen defense was better, uh, led by Kerry Blackshear. Yeah, you know, I'm not a big zone guy. I never have been. Uh, I, I don't really like to play zone, honestly. But the, when you're playing a team that scores as efficiently, uh, as easily as these guys do at times, we were forced to work on some zone over the last couple of days. We had some decent zone possessions in Gainesville. Um, just did a decent job with it, really. But um, I thought we were good in our man as well. Again, I, I think our attention to detail relative to, to personnel um, was uh, as good as it's been all year, in addition. 
and another big night for Keontae Johnson. He earns his eighth double-double of the season. He finished with a game-high 18 points and also grabbed 11 rebounds, and it's also his sixth double-double in SEC play in the fifth over the last eight games. Mike White revealed after the game that Keontae Johnson has actually been dealing with a recent personal tragedy and has still been able to play at a high level over the past few games. Here's what he had to say about his performance in Athens and the struggles that he's been dealing with away from the court. And Keontae Johnson, for the, I don't know if it's made public or not, uh, but he had a personal tragedy that he's dealing with over the last couple of days. Uh, and it's, you know, really emotional time for him. And uh, so I'm just, I'm really, really happy for him. He's playing uh, at a high level, 18 and 11, plus 16. Just, um, he kept us, you know, he kept us in the game in the first half and, and played a really good second 20 minutes as well. The Gators also got a great night from Noah Locke. He finished with 17 points and hit three three-pointers in the second half. And it was his ninth SEC game where he's made a trio of shots from beyond the arc. Scotty Lewis also scored 11 points all in the second half. And he and Locke were the ones that got it going. Florida started 0 for 11 from downtown. And then Lewis hit the three to start the second half. And then Noah Locke took over from there. Here's what Mike White had to say about the turnaround that the Gators had from the three-point line. Man, that, that lid came off when um, Scotty Lewis hit that first one of the second half and um, he settled in a little bit. Um, for whatever reason, too, I, I think it, it's probably um, um, not only us, but, but other basketball teams, probably at all levels. But when, when, we, when we finally took that lead, um, Andrew Nemhart, I, I want to say, at the foul line, gave us that first lead and played with some confidence down the stretch. Noel Locke's a great shooter. I thought that Keontae Johnson set a couple good screens for him. Andrew Nemhard made some good passes to him. Um, and, and you need those, those to go down. I mean, you, you've got to hit jump shots to, to be able to steal them, you know, steal them on the road. That'll do it for the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we talked some Florida baseball with Jeff Cardozo, and we brought you some comments from Kevin O'Sullivan and his players, and we also recap Florida's 68-54 win over Georgia. On tomorrow's show, we're going to talk some Florida football recruiting with Coach Jay, and we'll preview the Florida-Kentucky game. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day.